Uh, I'm I, like Terry. I actually have. I actually did all my homework this time. Um, so why why am I being treated like I didn't do any? Of no, 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 no. I don't. <laughs> no, I'm saying like no, 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 I I'm, have, kidding, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. No, no, it's time we be upfront with him about this. No, Kevin, you have to be clear to him, or he'll never learn. <laughs> the reason we're saying this is you do the homework first. You do the geography homework when we're in biology class. Welcome back to the IRDC, the Injured Reserve Debate Club. I'm Kevin Michael Morin, and as always, I'm joined by Justin Colombo and Terry Cudmore. Here at the IRDC, we are just debating the question, what field is Justin playing in today? I'm very excited for today. I feel like I feel like we I feel like we have a good I was gonna say swath, but I feel like that's a not at all the correct word. I feel like we have a good swatch. Crop. We got like a good paint, crop. paint swatches. Is that what it is? No, it's swath, isn't it? No, it is swath. I mean, no, I mean, I, I feel like I feel like the more direct term. We, I think, feel like we have a good assortment. We Slate, have a good. That's what you were looking for. What is that? I said plethora, and Kevin said slate. No slate. Our slate is. Our slate is full of a plethora of assortments. Oh my god! I don't think you can have a plethora of assortments. Yeah, it's, this, it's a plethora this, of topic. Am I unlistenable? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man! All right, let's get into it. So today, before, so, before my my self-loathing just continues to spiral. <laughs> hey, just real quick, do you guys hate me? Is <laughs> <laughs> hey. Re- Hey, real quick, we all we all dislike me, right? Generally, we all just dislike. <laughs> oh, fantastic! Um, yeah, we have three, I think, really great topics today. Uh, one of them is a little bit more in left field, uh, but I'm excited about that one in particular. Uh, how do we want to kick off today? I'm I'm open. Let's. Uh... <laughs> Let's dive in how with. How do we want uh, to kick off? Be yeah, how do we? How do we want to kick off? And uh, I don't know. I love uh. being indecisive. Uh, cool. Well, let's uh, let's kick off with Terry and Justin's uh, battle royale over what we're asking for is the worst MLB trade in the past decade. Should I flip a coin to see who goes first, or does somebody want to kick us off? I should have said something because I have my um, NFL thing ready to go. So when you ask, <laughs> what should we start with? I shouldn't have just acted like I don't speak the language you're speaking. I should have responded dying, with I'm my preference. So dying. I apologize for that. Um I can I can go with best worst trade or Justin. If you do, you have your trade all set to go. I do. I do. All right. Go all right, for what it do you yeah. All right. Hold on. Let me. I just want to pull something up just so I have it. It's the only piece of things I do not have. Piece of things. Jesus. Okay. So maybe no would have been the right answer <laughs> when I asked you. If you're ready. All right. Hold on. Uh, blah, 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 blah. 
So when Mookie Betts got traded from the Red Sox to the Dodgers is my. <laughs> okay. Wait, hold on. Do you want me to go first? Or you want to go first? I'll go first. Okay. So I, I think when, when looking at this, I feel like there's a lot of different ways you can look at it. I, I tried to kind of narrow it down to a trade that I feel like is super lopsided in terms of the return and looking at a very specific metric in in looking at wins above replacement, which is its own kind of controversial metric in a way. But to me, I feel like that's really the quickest way you can determine whether or not a trade was successful. For example, it's, I didn't choose this, but if I were to choose the James Shields, uh, Fernando Tatis trade, clearly James Shields for the White Sox had um, like a negative war. Fernando Tatis is Fernando Tatis. So there's an easy way to look at, oh, this player is better than the other guy, basically. But instead of just kind of looking at those two metrics and saying, okay, well, this player brought in, you know, a higher war to the team he went to, I kind of wanted to look for a trade that took a franchise and kind of flipped it. And for me... I found that in 2018's uh, deadline deal that sent Chris Archer from the Tampa Bay Rays to the Pittsburgh Pirates. So just going back. So Chris Archer, up until 2018, I feel like was good, but he wasn't – like he's he's not even Hall of Very Good. I feel like he was Hall of Fine. Like he was good. I thought he was fine. Um, I don't think off the top of my head – uh, that he particularly, I don't, I don't think he maybe placed top five in um, uh, like Cy Young voting at any point, uh, but still a st- a solid starter, right? He was fifth in Cy Young voting in 2015. I'll throw that out there. Then he was third in Rookie of the Year voting in 2013. Um, just so I have people out there, so they're not subtweeting me. Um, the interesting thing now that I look at this is that he got beat up by Will Myers. That's actually crazy. Anyway, um, wait, like, wait, wait, like, uh, what does that mean? So in 2013, 2013, 2013, AL Rookie of the Year was Will Myers in Tampa Bay. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were telling us a story like on the Rays, there was some kind of clubhouse fight and Will Myers beat the shit out of Chris Archer. No, 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 no. But... Maybe I I wasn't there. It's very possible. Well, can you confirm that that didn't happen though? I can't confirm that that did not happen. Right. So right. just that's that's a, the journalistic integrity I have. So Archer goes to Pittsburgh. Who heads to Tampa Bay? Tyler Glasnow, oh, Austin Meadows, and eventually Shane Boss. Shane Boss is a player to be named later. If we're looking at war, just war. B war for those who are statistically inclined. Archer brings 1.2 war to the pirates and then just disintegrates into himself, uh, collapses in on himself like a dying star. Glass now brings in 8.1 war as of right now for Tampa Bay, and Meadows brings in six before he is traded to Detroit for Isak Paredes, who brings in 5.5 war for the Rays. Shane Boz, we still have not seen at the major league level, so there's literally still 
still players from this deal that we have not seen their full potential. Total War. 20 war shifts from the Pirates to the Rays in exchange for 1.2. At the time of this deal in, in 2018, the Pirates make this deal. They're around 500. They finish around 500 in 2018. And then the Pirates collapse. And the Pirates become the Pirates that we know today. Why? The Pirates literally traded their studs for Chris Archer. Now, there was a, there's, you can also go back and look at the Garrett Cole trade. The Garrett Cole trade, they just did not get the pieces that they needed to get. But in terms of what this trade does for the Pirates and what it does for the Rays, the Rays go to a World Series, an ALDS, two ALDSs, and uh, the American League wildcard. The Rays are launched into the, the last few years of success because of this deal right here. If they don't make this deal, it's possible that the Pirates are running the NL Central. It's 100% positive, possible. This trade completely shifts the entire Pirates organization to a point where if they, if they still have these dudes, I think they are competitive. I would even say if the Rays don't have Glass now or Paredes, they're still competitive as well because they're the Rays. But looking back, and if we're looking at deadline deals, especially of the recent past, we look at Juan Soto. This is a Juan Soto-type deal where instead of getting Juan Soto, they got me. That's how devastating this trade was. So for me, the worst trade of the last decade is Chris, Chris Archer going to Pittsburgh. Yeah, it really is a shame that that little glimmer of hope that the Pirates had just went out so quickly. I mean, it's, and I think the really sad thing is, is that they're like Brian Reynolds. Brian Reynolds is a fantastic baseball player, but he can't do it by himself. And I feel like, I feel like this is, I don't know, this could also be hindsight, but I feel like when we were growing up, there were teams like the Royals who had Beltron and then just a bunch of other guys. And that was kind of fine. Like Montreal, Montreal has Vlad. And then a bunch of other guys. I just don't think that team can survive in today's environment. But that's been the Pirates for the, I feel like the last eight years or so, where they just have one or two guys and then it's just a bunch of people figuring it out. Key Brian Hayes, sure, he could become something if he stays in Pittsburgh. O'Neill Cruz could be something if he stays in Pittsburgh. But there just isn't that core of dudes who 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 could be you know, like this, you know, this one, two, three punch that they need. I think they had that. They had it in 2013. They had it in 2014. They had it with Kutch. Like they had it with Polanco. They had it with Bell. They had it with Marte. And then those guys just went off in their own separate ways. I think if you if you don't make this deal, you have a reason for guys to stay in Pittsburgh. Because you have this young core of dudes who are nasty, who are solid. Mm. I mean, literally you're giving up. 20 war you know it's spread out over five seasons you know that's an additional four wins that could make a difference in an nl central that is a little bit wonky yeah fair let's uh let's hear from terry and then we'll go from there. i don't have as much background or, or i haven't done as much research as justin has um i've just this is just all straight from the heart i will never get over 
the Red Sox trading Mookie Betts. I just would never, it just never, I don't care about financials. I don't care about the threat of him leaving. And that's why they needed to get something for him. Um, because I also think hindsight's twenty twenty, And I think if they had held on to him and then the pandemic happened, maybe he would have signed quickly a, a extension like he did with the Dodgers, which I don't think his extension with the Dodgers is that outlandish by any means. Um, I'm also reading the book right now, Homegrown by Alex Spear, which is about the, you know, the core of the 2018 Red Sox team and like their ascension through the minors and every Mookie Betts mention is is heartbreaking. <laughs> it's just absolute torture. I don't know why I'm putting myself through this. But just to kind of confirm what the trade was, it was Mookie Betts and David Price's contract or, or part of I don't even, I don't even care what David Price, it was, it was, it was a financial salvation in some ways for the Red Sox. Like they got out of a bit of David Price's contract for Jeter Downs, Alex Verdugo and Connor Wong. Jeter Downs was let go from the organization this past off season. And he was in some ways, not, I, I mean, I guess him and Verdugo were kind of the, the shared prize, but he was like a top 50 prospect when they made the trade middle infielder. Um, it, in some ways, if he had been awesome, Having a Red Sox player that was awesome, that was named Jeter, would have made this deal maybe palatable. Because I think that would just be something that, as we've learned from these podcasts, I enjoy sticking it to Yankees fans. So that would have been good. That didn't happen. Um, Alex Verdugo. If you Google Alex Verdugo right now, the first thing that comes up is a blog from a Dodgers blog that says, Alex Verdugo immaturity update makes Dodgers Mookie Betts trade look even better. This trade happened over three years ago. And they're still celebrating it because they got such an amazing talent, Mookie Betts, and they gave up very little. Just to kind of give the background of this is basically Verdugo has one year left of team control, but I would say it's pretty likely the Red Sox are going to trade him in this offseason if they can find someone because he keeps doing things like showing up late and just kind of bashing heads with uh, Alex Gorga, the manager. Um, he's been worth in this trade i mean he's been fine he's been an above average outfielder so on boston he's been worth 11 war over i'm sorry no he's been worth eight and a half war over the his four plus seasons with the red sox it's not bad you know he's he's a good baseball player he's fine but you know he's not if he's the best player that came out of this deal when you've traded mookie betts who is a at this point probably a guaranteed hall of famer who was in his prime when they made the trade this is this is a disaster. And then finally, Connor Wong is the catcher who is, I think, a little bit of a throw in. He's actually a serviceable major league catcher. So I actually think he's been the prize piece of this deal. And I would assume he's going to be on the team longer than Verdugo will be. Uh, but again, you've traded a 27 or I think he was 27. Hold on. Let me just confirm that. At the time of the trade, he was 20. Yeah. So he's 27. And before he turned 27, in his six years with Boston, he was worth 41, I'm sorry, 42 war. He'd made one, two, three, four, four all-star teams, won an MVP, came in second for another MVP, gold glover, silver slugger, just all around badass. They won a World Series with him as the best player, and they got a prospect that they let go. They got an outfielder that is somewhat above average that is no long-term future with the team and they got a backup catcher 
And granted, you could argue, well, two of those guys made the majors, which for prospects is not always a guarantee. But to me, this is still an epic disaster of a trade that I, again, will never recover from. They traded my favorite player since Ken Griffey Jr. For a guy who was accused of assault at the time of the trade, there was still a lot swirling around Verdugo and those assault allegations. And I just, I wanted the entire bottom to fall out of the Red Sox organization after that trade. I was so fucking angry. Yeah, these are both uh, really good ones. Um, like RIP Pirates, uh, like for sure, that's a that's a tough pill to swallow. Um, I think my answer to this would have been the same as Terry's, and for that reason, uh, Terry wins. Um, just like straight from the heart, I think it was like a – you know, you completely galvanized a fan base with this trade. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like when the Sox traded Nomar back in 2004, you know, months before winning the World Series. You know, it was like Nomar's time had come. He had some amazing times in Boston in like the five years that he was there, six years he was there, whatever it was. Um, but he had been riddled with injury and had such like a like a downturn um and that like i don't know i think i think mookie Betts might be the worst trade the Sox have ever ever pulled off two points to terry one point to justin let me let me ask a question let me ask a question but before that let me try to find out I'm trying to find the a answer to your own question. No. Well, can no, I no. ask the Wait, think about that for a second. Because I think, I don't know if you're going to ask this question, but I think it's an interesting question is Would you rather your team make a trade of trading away prospects that turn into superstars for someone who doesn't really affect the outcome of your team, or which was essentially the Archer trade, or trading a superstar for prospects that don't pan out? See, but see, one? here's okay. Let's let's have this conversation. And, I, and to be clear, I'm not coming at this from a point of I'm trying to get points back. I just I to me I think that points that, are locked. That, points are locked. The thing that I think is is interesting, not interesting. The thing that I think separates the Red Sox trade from the Archer trade because I think that you're right, Terry, is that this is about trading away building blocks of an organization versus trading away a player who is. Like, look, if, if Mookie Betts has another nine years left in the bigs and nine years left on his contract, if he has five war through that period on, on average, I mean, this is a Hall of Famer we're talking about at this point. I think he's already a Hall. Well, I mean, here's the thing. So uh, so let me let me just throw this out to you. Similar batters, so I'm using similarity scores from baseball reference, sim- similar batters through 29 years old. Sean Green, Andrew McCutcheon, Carlos Beltran, Bobby Bonds, Billy Williams, Scott Rowland, Barry Bonds, and Carl Yastrzemski. That's Mookie Betts through 29. If we're talking about Verdugo, we're talking about similar batters through 26. Coco Crisp, Starling Marte, Rocco Baldelli, Gabe Kapler, Terrence Long. Like, we're, we're not even in the same realm. But... The other thing that I think is interesting to, to look at, especially when we're looking at contracts, is that Mookie turned down an offer from the Red Sox. I think he's correct because the evaluation is not correct. 
But Mookie turning down 300 million over 10 years, so a 30, 30 million AAV average annual value is the correct move for Mookie because he's w- worth way more than that. If he signs, that's basically the Francisco Lindor deal. I think that that the what makes this what makes these two deals different is that I think that one one is a front office trying to make a team better and one is a front office saying, well, here's this instead. Like I, I just the the Red Sox trade is insane to me, especially since they also continue paying David Price sixteen million dollars a year for the three years that he's playing for for LA. So that's what? That's forty eight million that they're just also shipping out there? Like this this to me is peak peak John Henry. And just peak like if you don't want to play on my team, then I'll ship you somewhere and ha ha ha. But it, it blew up in their face like anything. I think I mean, you could but, argue this is the worst Red Sox trade of all time. And I'm including Babe Ruth to the Yankees for financing of no, 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 no. Like, I, I truly do. The The thing about this is that the the Pirates have had four winning seasons, I think, in my lifetime. <laughs> and one of them was the year of the, the Archer trade. They're used to They're used to sort of that mediocrity, unfortunately. Um, since Mookie got traded, the Sox have made the playoffs one time. Uh, and I don't think, I think the emotional connection that, that Mookie had, I mean, at like a personal connection, like I had, I basically stopped watching baseball. I just didn't care about it anymore. And Mookie playing for the Sox helped pull me back into the sport. Like that team in 2018, aside from the fact that they won the World Series, was so exciting to watch because they were they were young, they were competing in a way with the New York Yankees that hadn't really existed in a while. It was like a fun rivalry to watch again. I didn't even like I will always hate the Yankees, but I didn't even hate all the players on that team at the time. It was just fun to see this like this sparring in the AL East that that hadn't existed in pretty much since the literal glove thrown to A-Rod's face back in 2004. Um, but Mookie brought me back into it. So like him getting traded was the Sox organization ripping my heart out, throwing it to the floor and stomping all over it. One other little story, a little personal story is when my wife was pregnant in 2014 and 2015, I used to watch the Red Sox and I would talk to her belly and say Mookie. And I felt like my daughter always kicked whenever I would talk about Mookie. The night she was born, he had two home runs. That's the most Bostonian thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> and, and no, no, hold on, hold on. And I want to make this I clear. I'm, I'm so here for it. I'm so here for it in the best of ways. Um, especially since I'm saying to my unborn daughter, uh, you're going to be an Orioles fan because I don't want to put you through this Mets nonsense. So I fully, fully understand exactly what you're going through uh, in that moment. I think the other thing too is with, with when you look at the Red Sox now, Versus you look at the Pirates now, and I'm, I'm just going to sound like I'm arguing against my own point, and I'm a little bit am. I feel like well, the Red well. Sox over the last few years have been trying to make up for, for, for how bad this trade was. Signing Trevor Story, 
you know, not signing Bogarts. And I think, I think also, I think to me, this also goes back to once the Red Sox lost Pedroia and they lost Ortiz, they didn't have an identity. And I think that rather than saying we have a guy who feels like our centerpiece and our, you know, our star, we're just going to kind of ship them, ship them out because we can't pay them. And I think the Red Sox have been left with that space open. And I think it's been detrimental to the team. Hmm. Like who do you, who would you say is the guy on the Red Sox right now? Justin Turner, which is like (laughs) absurd, which is like, like if you said that to me a year ago, you'd be like two years, Justin Turner going to be that guy. I'd be like, like, are you okay to drive home? Hold Hold on. As the only Red Sox fan left on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so it's Devers. But what I think is a much more fascinating question is, who is the second guy? If And like, put it this way, like, like it's a great point. My wife took my son to Target and unbeknownst to me, she bought him a Red Sox shirt. She brought it home and it's a Trevor Story shirt. And I was like, what is this? I was like, what are we doing here? I was like, this is, but that's, I think is the more interesting question. Who is the guy after Devers that you would want to quote unquote invest in like a t-shirt Jersey or a a real Jersey? Like there isn't that, like, I guess, I guess it could be Yoshida, but I'm even been surprised at how, like, I thought once the season started, I was like, this is going to be like Yoshi mania. Like the Red Sox, like marketing is just going to go overboard with this. And it doesn't really seem like they have yet, which is crazy considering how good he is and how so I'm at least pretty surprised by how good he's been. I would have thought by now that would be the thing. Yeah, like, I mean, he's, he's, like, sure he's the only that. he's the only player that has played the season that is hitting 300. You know, like he's having a hell of a year. Um, and he wears my favorite number. Um, I agree I, with you on that. Uh, I think I like I said Justin Turner before because I'm thinking more. Like, obviously, he's not somebody... Right, right. And this is sort of my point of, like, how weird it is. And I guess to your point for asking this question at all is, like, I I think he is, apart from Devers, of course, uh, I think he is sort of the heart of of this team. And maybe it's because he's this, like, uh, you know, he's at the tail end of, like, the twilight of his career, and he's coming in and he's putting, you know... He's wearing pretty much everything that he has left out on the field when he's out there. Uh, And, like, you look at the rest of this team, and it's like a who's who of, you know, bottom of the lineup type guys when it comes to prioritizing, like, uh, who, like, the heart of the team is, I guess. Um, I don't even know if that makes sense. But I I just don't, don't, don't know where to go with it. Like, I wouldn't know where to go with it. Well, but that's also because I feel like, I feel like Devers, I feel like Devers is the correct answer. But I would, I feel like that's a little bit because, like, it's a little bit how, like, Gerald Ford became president. It's like, well, because Agnew ain't here and Nixon just resigned. So it's you. Like, like it just by default, it feels like it has to be Devers. In a, in a similar situation, though, this is why, like, in my, in my brain this works. So take a walk with me. The Mets and the Red Sox are in very similar situations in terms of their clubhouse. Because you have guys who feel like they should be clubhouse leaders, but there's no clear, oh, it's you, which is what Mm. the Red Sox have always, always had. They've always had one or two guys where it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, it's you. You're 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 the guy. 
the Mets don't have that. It should be Francisco Lindor, but he kind of has to figure out his own things. Pete Alonso is trying so hard for it to be him that he's squeezing, you know, sap out of his bat every night. <laughs> he's That's getting like, hit in the face with fly balls. And... Like, and, but like, but you can, but you can see, it's like, you can see, you can see these guys like choking up because they feel like choking up on their bat or choking up on the crying. Although Pete Alonso almost did break down in tears. The dugout. Like it's when you, when you are, when you lose a player like Mookie who feels like, like this, like magical reincarnation of the Red Sox outfielder who was just a slugger and a star akin to Williams and a kid akin to Yastrzemski to just then ship him away. It's like, you're, you can't just fill that hole with Verdugo because he also hits and he, Oh, he plays right field. It's like, no, you have to fill the clubhouse hole. And I feel like that is causing issues for the Red Sox because now they're just throwing money at guys and hoping it's like, you're right. The Red Sox don't have an identity because we don't have, we don't have Jesus. They don't have, like a David Ortiz type. They don't have a Poppy. I mean, who, I mean, do they even have, like, there's no one who feels tangible. This is also, I think this is also. Well, wait, other. there was, and they let him go. It was Bogarts. Yeah, it was Xander. And, I, and, I, and, and they, that sh- I, I don't, they shouldn't have given him the deal that he got from San Diego. That deal is crazy. Insane. That deal is insane. But he was open to, supposedly he was open to something like what Story got last Offseason or the offseason, whenever story got hit, like he was open to an extension at that level, and it's just like the John Lester thing, which was a gross miscalculation of their ability to keep these guys. Yeah, you, sh- you just can never let these guys get to the old. Whenever you let a player get to the open market, it's just such a crapshoot. And he meant so much to the old franchise that I don't understand why they let that happen. Well, and they I, just I, they don't have the priority around character that they need to have, and that's like the biggest. That's, that's the but, biggest but issue to for me. me. But again, like it's who is selling the T-shirts? Like I, I get it that like these guys. John Henry doesn't own the Red Sox for the goodness of his heart. He's not hoping that Sully gets you know from Watertown gets to see another World Series. He wants their money. He wants my money. And so like that's the thing is like people invest money when they have players that they love and have followed for years. So that's why I my fear is just a straight up baseball fan of the team is we're headed to an offseason that's going to be like 2015 when they sign Sandoval and Haley Ramirez. Mm, yeah. I have a real fear of that, and I think it's like – and it might look good. I'm like, what if they give Otani $750 million? Like, yeah, that would be exciting, but I don't know. We've talked about this before. I don't I – don't, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think I think you're totally right, but I, I – I think that I I don't know. I, I just think that you're right in terms of like the Red Sox are in a bit of a cavern of their own making in this regard. Because right. because you're right, like they're I mean in the same way like but I I would also pause it and this is maybe a separate conversation we should have later. I also feel like I wonder if this is like a Boston sports problem. Because I kind of feel the same way about the Patriots where where like I'm missing I'm missing someone to step forward and be like it's me. Like I'm, I'm that like, like I'm, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the guy, you know, it's like what Bergeron was to the Bruins. Like, it's like, Oh, this is the Bergeron Bruins. I get this. These Red Sox. I'm like, what is this? Is this the Kike Hernandez Red Sox? Like, 
you know, like the fact that Kike has a you know bobblehead night and he has those little stickers on there and he's like, I really appreciate this. I'm like, man, this is exactly what I want from this kind of guy. Like, I, I want someone who cares about the city. I want someone who puts on the jersey and is like, yeah, I'm proud of this. I got grit. I'm a dirt dog. The only problem is that he wears number 50 and he wears Dodger blue. Like, that's, you know. All right. So now moving on to our next topic, Justin and Kevin are going to debate which mascot they think they could most easily defeat in a physical altercation. So, Kevin, why don't we start with you? Great. Um, so I want to pull a Justin really quickly and say, and do like a minute long intro that has, uh, answers that I'm not actually giving as my, as my final answer. Um, the two that I would want to, but absolutely would not win are the Philly fanatic and gritty. Philadelphia has the most hated mascot, uh, in, in sports, I think, at least in, in my brain. I, oh, God, they drive me insane. Um, and the fact that the Flyers marketing team is so good with Gritty makes it even worse. Um, but yeah, I, I, I gave a, a long, hard thought to this. Um, I, th- I thought about Wally because he just seems like a dope... Um, and went down a rabbit hole of, of baseball mascots. And then my brain just sort of uh, clicked for a moment. Uh, once I was sitting at what is now, I think, American Family Ballpark, but it used to be Miller Park in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And they have this beautiful slide that, what's his name? Billy? Billy the Brewer? I can't remember his name. Uh, Bernie. Bernie? It's Bernie. It's Bernie. Yeah. Bernie Brewer slides down this like swirly slide like he's in a playground anytime the Milwaukee Brewers hit a home run. And then came like seventh inning stretch time. And I realized that the Milwaukee Brewers are cheaters because they have six mascots. They have Bernie Brewer and then they have the racing sausages. They have five sausages that do a round the stadium uh, race at every single home game. They have Polish, chorizo, bratwurst, hot dog, a.k.a. Frank, and Italian. And they all have fully vetted backstories. And that is how I decided to take a look at which of the Milwaukee Brewers Clement's Famous Racing Sausages would I most successfully beat in a fight? So I've ranked them. Uh, at number five is Polish. Like, he's trying his best. He's super underrated, uh, but he's he's not going to be able to do it. Uh, at number four, I have Chorizo, um, who has a crazy training regimen, and I'd probably be a little too scared to fight him. Not a chance. So um, he's he's a little spicy, a little too spicy for me. Uh, At number three, I have Bratwurst, um, who apparently hasn't missed a day of weightlifting in years. And his uh, his bio says he's known for his muscular physique. And um, if you don't know anything about my physique, is it's anything but muscular. 
I am but a dangly, tiny little dude. Uh, at number two is Frank, a.k.a. Hot Dog, who is the, uh, uh, the American entry into this um, sausage racing. He's just out here doing his best, uh, but the fact that they try to make the American version the underdog in the Midwest, uh, I'm not really here for it. I think he'd be sneaky, and I don't think I would win. But the number one racing sausage that I would like to fight and, and defeat is the Italian sausage. He's got a spicy personality, always getting itself into sicky situations. Uh, and for this reason, and, and the fact that he tries to sneak his way to victory, I would, I would want to fight him, and I think I would win. I want to tear his stupid chef, chef hat off, clip that little stupid handlebar mustache, and choke him out with his stupid bow tie. And I think I could do it. All while Chorizo probably wins the race. Like, I would do it on the field, mid-race, just tackle him right out of the field. So the Italian Clement racing sausage is my answer. I'm just picturing that that Simpsons one where I forget exactly what happens, but the little kids are like, stop, stop, he's already dead. Like that's <laughs> all, while children in Brewer's Park or Miller Park as Kevin murders the sausage. Um, okay. All right. Justin, your turn. Okay. I think that's a great answer. I think that's a that's a good answer. I say that because they were on my list. Um, I I went a little bit of a different route. Um, I went for something that I didn't go for a food. I'm just I'll say that. I didn't go for a food. I went for something that I was like, you know what? If I crossed this in the world. Could I fight it? And then could I also fight the mascot version? Um, so I like Kevin kind of went through, you know, different looking at, you know, different mascots and who I felt like I could take on. Um, I actually felt like Philly Fanatic would would be a tough fight because they're inventive, like, you know, head on a swivel kind of stuff. Um, Gritty, I wouldn't want to fight because I don't know where Gritty lives. You know what I mean? Like, could be from the streets. Could be from hell. Like, you don't want to fight something in hell. That's bad luck. Um, so for me, I... Does I it have to be... I was going to say, does your answer have to be from Philadelphia? It feels no, like... No, 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 no. No, my my answer is actually not from Philadelphia. Um, I actually... Hold on one second. What just happened? I don't know. He muted himself. Dead air. Should I start playing the Jeopardy theme? I'm going to give you a little hint, Kevin. I was ready to hand this to Justin no matter what he said, as long as he picked an actual mascot. So. <laughs> oh. So I, I thought about who could I ruin? Who could I absolutely take down? Similarly, I was thinking in the, you know, the question, it's like, would you rather, would you rather fight, uh, you know, a hundred duck sized horses or one horse sized duck? Um, I was thinking kind of in terms of that, you know, what can I defeat in its true real state? And then what can I absolutely destroy in its felt state? And I landed on Brownie the Elf. 
who is the mascot of the Cleveland Browns. So Cleveland Browns, people think, oh, the mascot, oh, it's a dog in, in, you know, football equipment. It's not. It's not. It's an elf. It's an elf man. It's an elf man from the shores of, of Lake Cleveland or whatever that river is. It's an elf. And I'm telling you I right now, it. I could beat the hell out of that elf. I could ruin that elf's life. I could do it now. I could do it tomorrow. I could do it in three years. I could ruin that elf. What's he going to do to me? Magic? An elf in Cleveland doesn't know magic. It's impossible. I'll tell you why. I thought about this so much because I was like, okay, what other magical creature could come at me? Washington wizard? I don't trust that. Notre Dame leprechaun. That guy's got magic. Plus... It's Notre Dame, so he's dealing with some mystical, spiritual, religion stuff. I don't know about that. That seems dark. Brownie the Elf, what's he going to do to me? Nothing. Brownie the Elf ain't going to do nothing to me. I'm basically fighting a Keebler employee. I'm going to take this dude down to Pound Town. It is going to be a rough Sunday in Cleveland. I could beat the shit out of that elf. <laughs> Isn't every Sunday a rough Sunday in Cleveland? Yeah, it was going to be real bad when I ruined Brownie's life, my guy. I could take him down. Look at look at the photo of him. Look at how top-heavy he is. Just just sweep the leg. Gone. Gone right. all day. He's He's got some Bobby's World big head syndrome going Look on at there. the That's shoes, cool. dude. You're, 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 you can't get traction in those shoes. No way. Head way too big. Way too big. Also, I just want to throw out there, Kevin, just, this is a side point. Basketball mascots for me were straight out the door because they're way too jacked. Too oh, I didn't even jacked. bother. Uh, I didn't they're, even bother. They're, like, I'm not going to, a back a backflipping cat? No way, not in your life. I can't do it. Basketball mm -hmm. ma ba mascots, you can't fight them. The sun's gorilla. Dude, see, like, but, like, it, flying through the air, like, they're airborne. It's crazy. Like. um, Okay. One thing I think that you're being, um. I don't want to say ignorant of, but but I guess I will. Is a certain person who employs elves, and the risk that you would be taking on of angering Santa Claus. Here's the thing, though. The, hold on, I'm not done. If you beat the shit out of one of his elves, because you don't, you can't tell me that you know Brownie doesn't moonlight in Cleveland when he's not making toys on the North Pole. Here's what I'll say. If Brownie works for the big man up north, he did something really messed up to end up in Cleveland. Okay. So, so I think, I think, I think, and look, as someone, as someone who looks like a Santa Claus in training, I feel, <laughs> I feel like I know that big man pretty well. I feel like he'd be like, oh, you, oh, oh, wait, you broke Brownie's arm? Yeah, I really want to do that. He was talking some mad trash to like Dancer and Prancer one day. Man, thank God. Good for you. What do you want? PS5? I'd be like, yeah, man, let's go. Anyway, that's just what we talk about at our yearly retreat. Me and the big man. All right. I'm going to give this to Justin because he picked the mascot of the team. I knew that's where it was coming. Yeah. Versus I appreciate the ingenuity, Kevin, and I appreciate how you detailed the differences between the sausages. However, the team has a mascot, Bernie the Brewer, and you didn't pick. Like, I wouldn't. I would feel the same way if you picked, like, kicking, you know, George Washington's ass on the Nationals versus, do they even have, 
a main mascot? They do. It's Screech, and he's like a an eagle. Screech, like from Save the Bell. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> it's just those are mascots. Just Dustin oh. Diamond. All right. Um, he, here's here's a question. Here's a question. First of all, I, I want to point out because I think it's a very good detail. Uh, Bernie the Brewer comes out of his chalet to slide down the slide. It's an important detail that they they make sure everyone knows. But two, do you feel like you could fight all five of the sausages? I feel like I could. No, he, not based on how he outlined it. One of them, he said, one of them works out all day. No, 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 no. Hold, hold on. Okay, all right, hold on. Let me, let me, let me. Let me. You think that the three of us could take on five sausages? No, really? I do not. I do not. Kevin, are you? If you, I think we could do it. Have you seen these sausages? <laughs> I mean, like this, this. Yeah, like, do we they have, have no weapon? reach. They have no reach. The, I don't know. They, they, they are. Are they a little long? Yes, but they, uh, they are surprisingly proportionate um, based on this, uh, this. Um, oh my god! This like big bio thing that I sent y'all. I think we could do it. And look, they need someone to help them up. I didn't, I didn't click on this picture. These are a little on the nose, some of these character <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Although the one that I have a question about is, is the Polish. Is the Polish one. Well, first of all, I have a question about are any of them wearing underwear? Because they just all seem to have oversized T-shirts on, almost like sleep shirts. Yeah, I think that's. I, I don't. I don't think the answer is yes to that question. Well, no, they have. Pay- well, okay. Oh, do we- well, do Frank we looks that? like he's wearing a shirt. Which, no judgment, do you? But I just that's what Frank looks like he's wearing, and then kind of Chorizo looks like he's wearing one too. And yeah. then what's what's the German one called? Oh, it's just called Bratwurst. Bratwurst. I mean, he's kind of got overalls on. He's is that supposed to be Lederhosen? Okay. I, the, okay. The Polish one is the one that looks the most like concerning. Okay. So here's what it is. They do. It's just doing his best. When you look at them, they are technically wearing shorts because that's what the people in them are. So I think they're all just long shirts. Okay. But you kind of got to figure that one out, you guys. I mean, this is like. um. I, don't know. I went the down Cubs, a rabbit Cubs mascot when they first brought him out had no pants. And that was a problem. Um, I just I just have to say really quickly before we move on that I was getting concerned that Justin's answer was going to be Mr. Met. No, he's too crafty. He's too crafty. I also feel like if Mr. Met got in a clean headbutt, he'd kill you. Oh, done. <laughs> Literally. No, see, no, see, because that's the thing you got to think about. Is that like, and this is where, like, like Wally's a green monster. I don't know where that monster lives. Like, like in the wall. No, but, but even well, like, the thing too is his end game could be eating you. That's, exactly. the That's what I'm saying. That, that is true. Saying. That is like, true. You know, like, there's a difference between uh, getting your ass kicked and getting your ass kicked, and then all of a sudden you start losing limbs and shit. Oh, dude. Because well, he's eating. Oh, 100%. Well, and you know what? Like, because you know what was the one that I was like, ooh, I'm not going to face this is like, college sports we go to marshall you're facing the herd just an infinite number of buffalo like that's rough but I, i'd rather well, now 
I, okay. I, know. I know. Now we're getting insane. Yeah. But like, so like, what's next? <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, we can drive, dive right into our next topic, which is um, one that I think is, and I feel like over the last few years, this, the answer to this question has kind of shifted. Um, especially as we've had some players leave the league and whatnot. But today, what Terry and Kevin have been tasked with is determining who is the most overrated NFL player. That's that's what we're talking about today. Um, and with that, who would like to go first? I think I have to. I think it's Terry. Terry's. Where's yeah. yours? Yeah. Okay. My selection is Odell Beckham Jr. And a lot of this is just about the fanfare that has come with his transitions from team to team over the last few years, as if they are all getting the guy that started his career with the Giants. And just to kind of outline who that guy was, offensive rookie of the year, made Pro Bowl all three years, made the AP team 2015-2016, his second two years. He averaged across those three years, 96 catches a season, a little under 1,400 receiving yards, and about 12 touchdowns. So massive numbers those first three years. In 2017, he gets hurt and only plays four games. In 2018 and 2019, on the Giants and the Browns, he still has 1,000 yards receiving, which, again, is still pretty good, obviously. But his touchdowns go down considerably. And then over the last, since 2020, and then he only played in 2021 because he didn't play at all last year because he was hurt again. His averages over those two seasons is 66 catches, 920 yards, and seven touchdowns. So where I'm going with this again is he hasn't made a Pro Bowl since 2016. I mean, all all pro teams since 2016. Yes, he won the Super Bowl, but he also got hurt almost immediately in that game. Um, I actually think if if he doesn't get hurt, that game's a blowout for the Rams, but that's neither here nor there. But I just think this is a guy now that is 31. This is going to be his 31-year-old season. You know, he got a pretty decent amount of money from the Ravens, and it's a lot of, like, again, hype about now Lamar has Odell. And I just don't think he's that. I think he's kind of a slightly above average wide receiver, and I think he's talked about as if he is still a top 10 guy. And I just don't think that's the case, not even close. Honestly, it's hard to argue with that. (laughs) Uh, He was high on my list as well. It took everything I had not to come at Josh Allen, um, even though he's like a talented guy for sure. He just can't seem to get the Buffalo Bills over the hump. I went through like a a, a plethora of Cowboys, um, and I wanted to choose C.D. Lamb. But, you know, he's only been in the league for three years, so it didn't feel like he really had the, the longevity um, to go after. But, like, I mean, he's a guy who has yet to get double-digit touchdowns in his three-year career, even though he's, like, you know, an all-pro selection and two-year, two-time Pro Bowler. Um, but I am going to uh, ultimately land on his quarterback, Dak Prescott. Dak gets a lot of flack um, across the league. He does have a lot of raw talent, but 
people wonder whether Jerry Jones com- considerably overvalues him, and I, I would be in that camp. I think he absolutely does. Now, we're talking a- about a guy who like finished sixth in MVP voting in his rookie year, so there's definitely something there. Um, the problem is I don't think he has what it takes to lead the Cowboys to that promised land that they haven't seen since the early 90s. I just don't think he can do it. You know, 2016 Rookie of the Year, he came in 23 touchdowns, only through four picks, which was pretty incredible. And then you get to last season, and again, we're, we're talking about a Dak Prescott who is not always healthy anymore. Um, you know, it's hard for him to stay uh, on the field in the last couple of years. I mean, in 2020, he went down with that gruesome injury early on in the season. I think it was like the fifth game. He only played in 12 games last year uh, where he threw a career-high 15 picks, but that was after somehow getting voted uh, or coming in second in comeback player of the year voting in, in 2021. It just, it just seems like everyone's constantly trying to throw Dak a bone and he's not catching it. Like he's he's that dog that's like going and mistimes the jump, completely misses and then barrel rolls afterwards because he just didn't get the Frisbee. Um, it's, yeah, my pick is Dak Prescott because I don't think, despite what everybody probably wants, he's ever going to get over that hump. And I think we've already seen his best. I think these are actually two very good answers. Okay. I'm going to give out four points. Three to Terry, one to Kevin. No, I'm actually, this is annoying. I'm actually going to go two and two. I actually feel like these are actually two really, really good answers. Um, so, 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 so here's the thing, Terry, while, while you were, while you were talking, I decided to not pay attention. Um, I'm no, I'm kidding. That, that was a joke. Feel free to laugh at home if you're listening or you're in the car and you drive. You can feel free to chuckle to yourself. You know, a little like, air out of your nose really quickly if you want. I do not give the same permission. Okay, serious podcast for serious people. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read out three th- three players: player A, B, and C, and I want you to tell me who which one is Odo Beckham Jr. Okay. Okay. Um. These are yards per game and touchdowns in their career. Okay. I have Odell's football reference page up. Okay. I'll try, so I will, I will close that. Yeah. Don't look it. at so it. I, don't I, look directly I, at it. When I'm reading it. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. Okay. 76.7 yards a game, 56 touchdowns. That's player A. Player B, 77.9 yards a game, 71 touchdowns. Player C is 74.1 yards a game with 29 career touchdowns. Player C. Which one is Odell Beckham Jr.? It's definitely not player C. Because he had like, he had 36 touchdowns, I think, across his first three seasons. So it's definitely not him. So say the other two again. So A is 76.7 yards a game and 56 touchdowns. Or 77.9 yards a game and 71 touchdowns. All right, Kevin, you're going to go B. I'll go A. That we're, we're locking in? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's a question. Who do you think... Are you serious? Other... <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Who do you think the other two players are? 
Well, no, tell us who was right first. No, I will. I will. But who do you think the okay. other two players are? You're killing me, Smalls. Um, are they both wide receivers? They're not tight ends, right? They're both, you know? they're both wide outs. Okay, so the, so your point is going to be that Odell is not – like, it's not like this is going to be, like, like upper – like, I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is one of these guys. DeAndre Hopkins mm-hmm. is one of these guys. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, so no, the other – What? The other A or B, whichever one isn't yeah. OBJ is, is Hopkins. Yes. I'm going to say C is Jarvis Landry. C is Stefan Diggs. Stephon Diggs only has 29 career touchdowns? 59, 59, 59. Oh, wait. Okay. 59. I thought you said 29. That's no, why I no, said no, 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 I think 59, I did. 59, 59. I think 59. I did too. 74, recast, recast 70, that 74.1 yards a game, 29 career touchdowns. Sorry. Oh You're doing God. it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. 59, 59 career touchdowns. It's 29. So, all right, whatever. All right. So, okay. I thought it was weird that you put someone in there that had 29. I was like, it didn't make any weird. sense to me. If I said yeah. 29, that's an insane thing because I'm literally. You did it twice. No, 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 no. I know. But. Well, I don't. I don't know if I said it once or not. We'll 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 review. I, it. I think I, if both of us are 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 on the same page there. You did it. Uh, it's hard to tell. Um, and then and then I go. Clearly, it's not him because Odell cut thirty six in the first three seasons, and you didn't say anything. Oh no no, but, but that but that's because I was like, oh, so you're saying if if Odell has well, he's declined, got another twenty three. Okay, yeah, all right. So um, like, yeah, I did I did quick math on my brain. So here here's so the thing: Andre, Stefan Diggs, and Odell. Yeah, Odell is a. Odell is a yeah. at 76.7 yards a game, 56 touchdowns in his career. Uh, D-Hop is 77.9 yards a game in 71 TDs in his career. And then Diggs uh-huh. is 74.1 yards a game, 59 touchdowns. Good job. Third okay. time's a challenge. But, but so looking at these numbers, you could say properly rated. But I actually think a point that you made, Terry, is why I'm giving you two points. Which is, when the Ravens signed him, it was like, oh, well, finally, you got Lamar Jackson. Uh, you, you got him a weapon. Whereas, I think that you can argue on the Rams, OBJ had that great year because he also had Cooper Cup. And he had weapons around him. I think that when he's the guy, I think it kind of falls apart a little bit. Especially when D-Hop is there on the table, they could have gotten D-Hop and I feel like that's the weapon. So I, I think so for me, that's why you're getting two points is because I feel like he's properly rated when you look at him. I just feel like fan sentiment is overrated for him. I mean, he hasn't had a a, a quote unquote good wide receiver season since 2019. I mean, and he's, he's still he's and he's still getting valued as as if he has done since. Yeah. On the on the flip side, the about the numbers you used are a little. When you use averages, it's a little tough because, like, Odell's only played in 96 games and has 56 touchdowns. And then, like, Von Diggs has played in 119 and has 59. So, only has three more and 25 more games. That's almost two seasons. Like, that's that almost is more of an argument for Odell. And, that's, and the same thing with, with DeAndre. He's played, he has 71 touchdowns, but he's played 145 games. So, he's played 50 games more than Odell. So now I'm arguing against myself. 
Justin, you muted yourself before you said whatever the heck you just said. No, I mean, you're totally fair. That's totally, totally, totally fair. Um, but yeah, to me, it's just the, it's the sentiment of Lamar. He Oh, Lamar got OBJ. Ravens, Ravens to the Super Bowl. I'm like, that's like, that's not anything. Like, that's like when the Patriots traded for Mohamed Sanu and everyone's like, this is the guy. It's like, no, well, a lot of other things to fix. Kevin, I'm giving you two points because I feel like to me, Dak Prescott came in from Mississippi, Mississippi State. I feel like he was properly rated. I just feel like now when we look at him as the savior of the Cowboys, I just feel like that's that's he's not the guy. I think he's shown us he's not the guy. So to me, it's just, once again, it's fan sentiment of, of just him being overrated. But I also feel like for a guy who kind of wasn't expected to be the dude, like, I feel like he's doing okay. But yes. I, but I think but I think that you're right because it's you know every year it feels like everyone's like Cowboys gonna be great it's like yeah but well I have I a lot more say, questions about Dak. I think the cowboy the position of Cowboys quarterback always comes with a sliver of overratedness associated with it. You think yeah. Aikman is overrated? Was that was that a real? I was thinking more Roma was overrated. Oh Roma was no 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 yeah yeah oh yes yes yeah, yes. Yeah, no, no, no. Aikman, Aikman. I was um, like, hold on, hold on. <laughs> no, I, I've done a bad job with Aikman. I actually have to look back at Aikman because I said something similar to a friend of mine once, and he who knows more of the football than I do, and he was like, no, 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 you're you're completely discounting how that team was operated. That it was basically like a running team, and then whenever they were, he was asked to pass, he was almost like perfect. Yeah, I mean, he's he. I mean, Aikman, I feel like, is one of those arguments. You, if you look back, you're like, he's the perfect quarterback for that team. Like, if if Elway was the quarterback on the team, it, I don't do they win as many Super Bowls? I don't know. But he he was yeah, perfect. Yeah. But anyway. Great. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of the IRDC, where Justin and Kevin just try to catch up to Terry. I was going to say, are we going to address the fact that I won again? Yeah, I came in second, which is pretty good, I think. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the pod where uh, where where Terry often rises to the top. Uh, Justin's out wandering in the pasture, and I'm just treading water. Um, but hopefully, our our tide will turn over the course of uh, our days here. But uh, congratulations to Terry. Thank you for listening to Terry's good takes. <laughs> Terry's good takes. <laughs> Once again, another episode where Kevin and I uh, try to remove the foot from our mouth that we put there. Very, very <laughs> Don't put me in the same category as yourself. I know. No, I am. Uh, I'm working on it. <laughs> but thanks again. This has been the IRDC. Like, subscribe, all the things. And uh, we'll check you next time. Um, I need to, I need to take a quick pause, uh, for like two minutes, but I'll be right back. I also did not know Jeter Downs was.
You didn't know he existed? <laughs> no, I didn't know he got waived. Oh, yeah, sure, waived. I didn't know he got waived up, until... um heard of PSA, bro. Like, but I didn't I didn't realize that happened until uh, he walked off Oakland the other day in, like, a battle for the bottom. But, yeah, I've, I've officially given up on baseball this year. I'm watching the you occasion... Another. What? Dinger Tuesday, don't forget. Oh, I oh, I'm I I how could how could I forget? Dinger Tuesdays and um, funding a lot of a lot of decisions I've been making financially. I'm just I, I the, love- the thing that I think is hysterical is that I'm also just tracking guys who just only go deep on Tuesday. Gunnar Henderson it's- only hits home runs on Tuesday nights. Like it's insane. I think That's I've gotten Freddie Freeman a few times. I know I've definitely gotten Vlad t- multiple times. I the thing that's always funny, like there is one because like because I like to do it like I'll like I'll make three and I'll do like a seven and like an eight or like an, like a ten o'clock game. I think it was like a Dodgers game and it was like JD Martinez and I was like, yeah, let's fucking do that. Let's see see how that pans out. Doing deep twice. <laughs> I was like, let's go. Oh, I know you. Should. I know the game you're talking about. Yeah, because I think I had um I might have had Freeman in that game. Yeah, so I kept watching. Can JD Martinez went deep again? You know, you know what the, the the crazy thing to me too is, I'm always like, well, I feel like I should, I feel like I should take someone playing in Colorado, and every time I do that, that dude never goes deep. Anyone I take Brian McCann a lot, and he never went deep. And I took Gearchuck a lot too, and he never went deep. Yeah. No, it's yeah, I can't. I was taking Chris Bryant a lot in the beginning when he still hadn't homered at Coors Field, and then he yeah. did, and then I. Now, I'm telling you, dude, for some reason, like, I've hit on multiple Orioles players on Tuesdays. I don't know what uh-huh. it is. Like, they could, like, literally, I think it was, they were playing somebody who was, like, sick. It wasn't it wasn't Kershaw, but it was, like, someone of that ilk, and I was like, all right, well, these odds are very good. And then, like, they just, like, blew up. It's just they also have multiple dudes who hit dingers. So if you don't get your guy, you still hit on that bonus. So, like, it checks out. The bonus is the best. Because uh, what I've been doing, I got very lucky where, like, the last two bonus bets I, I've had, I've hit. Hell yeah. And that's, like, if you, you get, like, 50, 60 bucks there. Like, that's, oh, dude. that's awesome. Well, and that's, like, the other crazy thing is, um, also, I've been getting so many, like, odds boosts from FanDuel. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm like, cool. I don't think I don't know how this is working out for you guys. Cause like I like I took I took the Mets. I took like oh, I took the Mets and the over, like that combo bet, and it was like and fifty percent. And I was like, Are you sure about this? This is like a plus four hundred bet. Sure, fuck it. And I was like, and I'll put ten bucks on that. Oh, let me just thank you for the eighty dollars. Like, I don't are you guys good? Like you guys okay? I think battling it out. I think they're doing all right. Oh no, they're doing all right. But 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 between us in the in the industry, there is worry from FanDuel and from DraftKings that Fanatics is going to murder them. So that's been because because they were both trying to buy PointsBet, and then PointsBet was like, "Cool, what if we just went to Fanatics?" And they were like, "Oh shit, we're about to become Michael Rubin's going to take over the world." Yeah, I mean, and then ESPN. I still have my twenty-five dollar Red Sox over bet on Barstool. 
That's all. I, my 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 bank was zero. I was rolling with all three. I would pick like the, like during the tournament, I pick like the best odds, and for whatever reason, I did pretty well with DraftKings and FanDuel, and then came up short on Barstool. So only my only bet left is this Red Sox one, and then they're gonna switch it to ESPN soon, right? Yeah. 